0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's Brother Joe here for home worship. I'm so glad you joined me today. There's power in the name of Jesus. Next time the devil tempts you, you rebuke him in the Jesus name and he will flee. If you have Jesus in your heart, which is the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, that's power. And you have power over anything or anyone in the world, including the devil. Amen. 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 So today's message is about how God is merciful, long-suffering, and forgiving. Amen. And we just praise Him for that. So if you have your Bibles today, open up to the book of Romans chapter 7. We'll go quite quickly. So if you have a pen or a pencil, just write down the scriptures. But I always put the scriptures in the description so you can go back and look at them, review them, share them with your family, your friends, and your strangers, all right? All right, so to set the stage, what's happening is Paul is poor in spirit. Your soul is in your heart and that's who you are. Your spirit's in your mind. And you know, like you've heard, his spirits are down, right? You probably, some of you have been in the hospital. When you go to the hospital, your spirits are not up, right? They're down, right? Yeah. If you uh, perform in an athletic event, maybe a track meet and you win a medal, your spirits are up, right? Okay, so that's what that means. And the first beatitude that our Lord and Savior gives us in Matthew 5, 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God." That means they're going to heaven. And if that's you today, if you're poor in spirit because you have sinned, that's good. If you sin daily and you don't feel bad about it, you got a problem and that has to change. You understand? Because our Lord and Savior Came down from his kingdom in human form to die a crucifixion for your sins and mine, not his. And we want to please God and do his will. And when we fail, and we will, he knows you're going to make mistakes, brothers and sisters. No one was perfect to walk the earth but Jesus, Yeshua. You understand? But we never want to get into willfully sinning. Hebrews 10:26 says, If you willfully sin after you receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. What sacrifice is that? Jesus dying for you. What does that mean? That means that you go back to sinning the way you did before you were saved. Perpetually, all the time. You don't care. No conscience. You understand. This is different. This is your practicing righteousness. You're trying to please God, but you stumble and fall and you feel bad, right? And so in uh, Romans 7:24, Paul says, describes himself as, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? And he answers the question with, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's who saves us. And delivers us from this bondage, casts out this evil spirit, fills us with his Holy Spirit. And then we have that power that I talked about, to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Now, following that, he says in verse 8-1, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, right? You've heard the term, follow the spirit, not the flesh. And that's what we have to do, brothers and sisters, all right? You have the spirit of Jesus in you. And when he tempts us, we need to rebuke right away. In Proverbs, it says, if you walk on coals, you will get burned. So don't play around, right? Nip it in the bud. Get rid of the sin before it generates into sinning and multiple sins. You don't want that. Now, follow me over to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read uh, 12 through 14. This is Paul again speaking through the Holy Spirit. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold for me. That's crown of righteousness, brothers and sisters. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, meaning became perfect without sin. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Brothers and sisters, you have to put those sins behind you. You're feeling poor in spirit, put them behind you. And press forward. Keep climbing that ladder to heaven. You stumble and fall, don't give up. Put them behind you because God is merciful. Right? And he has forgiven you if you ask God for forgiveness and you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise Jesus. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And there's another area where Paul explains it as running a race. You're running a race And he says, people run a race to receive just a perishable crown or medal that tarnishes. But we are running a race that is eternal life. It's forever and ever. It never tarnishes, never goes bad. And we will be with our Lord and savior forever. So he says, run the race to win the race. Okay, when I was young, my dad would say, I don't care how I get to heaven. I just want to get there. That's wrong, right? You don't want to barely cross the line. You don't want to barely make it to heaven because you may not make it if that's your attitude, right? Run the race to win. Stay in the top of the front of the line, at the top of the ladder. And he knows you're going to make a mistake and you ask forgiveness and you're poor in spirit. Because if you're poor in spirit, brothers and sisters, what? You're going to want to improve. You're going to want to improve, right? You're going to want to make proper changes in your life, right? If if going down that street where there's prostitutes and you just can't resist and you have to pick up a prostitute, don't go down that street anymore. Make that change. Okay, evil company says, be evenly yoked, right? What is a believer supposed to be? Why should he even be with a sinner? In more cases than not, if you're hanging around the sinner, he's going to cause you to sin or she, instead of you converting them, right? So surround yourself with born-again Christians, brothers and sisters. And if you're going to get married, look for a born-again Christian. So you can be evenly yoked, right? Right? Now, the Lord describes where, let's say you become a Christian or you just made a mistake. You married someone who wasn't a Christian. He doesn't want you to divorce. He wants you to show a good example. He says, let your light shine. And maybe that person will change and become born again Christian too. I know somebody, I used to have a Bible study. Her name was Lulu and she used to Come and she was poor in spirit because her husband wasn't saved. But she was a perfect example of what a genuine Christian should be. And you know what? He changed. He became a Christian and started to go into church with her. Praise God. Praise God. But it goes on to say though that if that unbeliever departs from you, be of good spirits, God has called you to peace. Okay, all right. Now I want to end with this one last passage. It's found in 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 and it reads, Therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And brothers and sisters, we know that in Proverbs, the first step to wisdom is to what? Fear God. And it's a true fear, right? He chastens the ones he loves. Now we just talked about, you know, this particular situation. But if you start going into perpetual sinning, you start, start to go towards the prodigal son or daughter. God says in Hebrews that he will chasten the ones he loves to bring them back. So in more times than not, as Christians, if you are being inflicted physically, you need to examine yourself. Because in more times than not, you have fallen into... Sin towards perpetually sinning or even that. And he wants to chasten you. If one sheep out of a hundred leaves, he's going to come after that one. And that's how he does it. But see, remember the message is he's long-suffering. That's one of the messages. Long-suffering means that he's patient, brothers and sisters. He's not like your earthly father. Who, when you make a mistake, he punishes you. He spanks you every time. No, God is long-suffering, and thank God for that, because His spankings are hard and stiff. They're not like your, otherly, like your earthly father, but He's long-suffering. He gives you rope. He gives you rope. But at some point, brothers and sisters, the hammer will come down, but it's because He loves you. He says, if you haven't been chasing, you're not His, right? So expect it, know it, and be fearful of it because it's not a happy thing. I've been chastened, I'm sure you have been. It's not happy. But happy is the one, and Job says in Proverbs, happy is the one that has been corrected by chastening. Yes, we thank him for it because what? God is off the bad track, the path to hell and back to the path of heaven. Praise him. Amen? Amen. And you will be, in Hebrews 12, 23, it says, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. That's written in the book of life. Brothers and sisters, I hope you are that person. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect. So brothers and sisters, on the way up to heaven to meet our Lord and Savior, if you're saved today, you will be made perfect. 'Cause there is nothing defiling in heaven, Amen, Amen. So I hope you're enriched with this uh, this message today.